Welcome to the Church on the Rock podcast. It is our prayer that this message brings hope and encouragement into your life as you go about your week. Thanks for tuning in. further without just taking a minute. We've, we've uh, taken opportunity to give special praise to the Lord in different ways today. But uh, you guys see the work going on outside. Amen? Everybody see the work going on outside? Um, we have, it's hard to get somebody to do that work this time of the year, and we kind of missed a window, not on our side, but on their side towards the beginning. So we've been working things out. But bottom line is it, it's been like Thirty dollars to $38,000 to do the work that we've needed to do out there just in um, uh, the sewage and the utility stuff. Well, anyway, this week, I, I was to the point, I was like, we're just going to close it up and do it next year because we don't have the funds to get that done, and, um, and, which I'm fine with because I felt like the Lord said, just so you guys know what, I, what I'm thinking on the pace of that project, I felt the Lord say, do the project as the funds come in. That's real easy. When the cloud moves, follow the cloud. If the fire moves, fire the, follow the fire. So we're moving as God moves because we want to move with him. Amen? But anyway, um, uh, we were sitting out there, and, and, and one of my buddies was literally on the phone listening to a guy say, man, my bid's 32. That's all I can shave off. My bid's 32. And this guy shows up in our parking lot that we didn't even tell him what we were doing and, and, and why we were out there and at this specific time in this place. But guys, when we left that day, he, he was a contractor, when we left that day, this guy agreed to do the work that we need for, I'm not going to tell you the exact, but it was half, at least half. It was at least half. So um, God is, he's doing amazing things. And then also... Guys, these prayer cards, this Tuesday night prayer is amazing. If you haven't had the opportunity to come, um, come. Don't, don't feel obligated or like, oh, man, I got to go because pastor's looking for me to come. No, just come if you want to come and you want to pray and cry out to God. But those cards, that everybody see those cards on the back of this seat that, that Josh was talking about? Guys, we take those cards. If you ever write a prayer request that's, that's even personal, like sometimes we get very personal requests, and they even mark that box that says per personal. Um, I've been doing the ministry for 31 years. We can write things in a way where nobody has a clue if it's man or woman, boy or girl, or, or who or what in our church, even if it's a sensitive thing. Write it down. Here's why. Because prayer is moving mountains. There was a young person, many of our, there's many of our um, young couples are, um, I guess it's something in the water, but many of our young couples are, are wanting to, to begin to have their families, to grow their families and have children. And so I'm hearing of a lot of people saying, Pastor, I'm pregnant, Pastor, I'm pregnant, and stuff like that. But also with Pastor, I'm pregnant, how many know that a lot of times that, that a lot of people had miscarriages. You know what I'm talking about. Sometimes that's just, just part, you know, you, I mean, my wife, I mean, we've had several together. We've had miscarriages. but we even had a miscarriage on twins. So, so we know that that happens sometimes, those, those kind of things. But one of our, one of our couples came, and they, and they said, man, there's just, there's just no way that, that, that our baby's going to live, that, that it has the life expectancy. But we're believing God tonight. 
And man, so we grabbed those prayer cards and we prayed over things. And brothers and sisters, that person came back and said the doctor was astonished. It's incredible, a miracle that those numbers just skyrocketed through the ceiling so that baby's growing inside that girl. Guys, that's prayer. And then here's another one, straight hot off the press, one that happened this week. Listen to this one. Um, Wednesday night, I had severe chest pains, shortness of breath, and fatigue. So um, I called my doctor, and he wouldn't see me. He said I had to go to the ER. So I went to the ER, and first they thought I had a heart attack. No way. Then they, they did all kinds of tests. I think I'm a pint low. And um, found out that I had a blood clot in my lung. And they um, said I had to go on this medicine immediately because of um, the ramifications if I didn't. It could cost me my life. I had prayed before I left, and I got no peace about this. So I said, no, I refuse treatment. And they came in and told me again and again and again what would happen. Then they did another blood test and told me that my kidneys weren't functioning properly, and they wanted to do something about that. And I found out a long time ago through prayer, if you don't have any peace about it, don't do it. So um, I didn't do it. They put me in observation. Then they ran a whole bunch of other tests. And um, then the last test that they ran, it was a super nuclear type thing. And um, um, the blood clot was gone. gone. <laughs> With no treatment. Then um, it was like Pandora's box. They kept finding things, finding things, finding things. I kept in prayer. Um, I went to the prayer chain for the first time ever. I asked to be prayed for by name. Think about that, as old as she is. It's the first time. It's the first time. I mean. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it's the first time she called the prayer chain. Yep, in my name. I, yeah. I would call okay. it for other people, but Sorry, in my I name. Resist. I know, you're yeah. such a sweetheart. He's old too, he's 50. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Anyway. Well, you can't hit me, so. No, I can't. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, everything that they, they came against me, every, God healed it. God I healed stood it. firm. Let's give God the glory. Let's give God the glory. Thank you, Lord. Amen. That's good. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Point being, here's the point of all that. Here's the point of all that. She asked for prayer. And she said, I've never done that. And I think we need to do that more. Anybody out there say amen. I think we need to do that more. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the word. Thank you for what you put in my heart. Thank you for the people that are here. Thank you for the hunger that is here. Lord, I, I thank you that, that you're Jehovah Nissi, that your banner over us is love. Thank you, Lord, that I'm loved by you and you're loved by me and your banner over me is love. Lord, we break every accusation, every lie, every lofty thing. We break every word that's been spoken against this church or against me in Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you for the power and the authority that we have in Christ. And Lord, I pray that this word would go forth in power. I pray that it would penetrate hearts, change minds today, change actions today. In Jesus' name, amen. 
We're going to continue this series on the making of a man or a woman of God. I believe the key in becoming a man or woman of God that we're called to be means that we need to learn to walk in the Spirit. Everybody say walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5.16 says this. I say then, walk in the Spirit. And what that means, let the Spirit, Holy Spirit guide you. Let the Holy Spirit direct you. Walk in the Spirit. And look at this. And... You shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So how many is trying to not fulfill the lust of your flesh and the appetites of your flesh? So the key to that is that we walk in the Spirit. Lord, help us to walk in the Spirit. And the starting point to walking in the Spirit, we talked about this last week, is being born again. We are born with human natures, but we're born again with God's nature. So I don't even think that you can attempt to walk in the Spirit until you're born again. Is everybody with me today? You, 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 this isn't a behavior modification. This isn't dress it up and fix it up and help yourself out. It isn't a self-help club. Being born again is where God literally takes your human nature away and he puts in his nature. The Bible says this. It says, I can assure you that no one can an- enter the kingdom of God without being born of the water. Everybody say Water. That means born of a water of the water of a mother's womb or a natural birth and of the spirit. Because the scripture said this, humans can only reproduce human life. But the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. You cannot give birth to spiritual life. You cannot walk in the spirit as much as you desire and you want to walk in the spirit. You can't do it unless the Holy Spirit walks that through you. Humans produce human life. The Holy Spirit produces human uh, spiritual life. Because we're born again, we lose that human nature. You know, today we heard it where the songs kept saying that I'm in Christ. Well, before we were born to be in Christ, we were born in Adam. And in Adam, we have the natural inclinations and the natural desires and the natural passions to do what's wrong. The scripture even says that, that not knowing this, listen, not knowing this, we're really all worshipers of Satan. That'll get people's attention. Without Christ, you're on the other team. The, the scripture even says it, that you, you, you bow down, you worship the God of this world, that, that, that you are a slave to that God. But when you're born again, God takes you out of that slavery and he makes you his son. So when you're born in Adam, you don't have to teach a kid to do wrong or to lie or to to scratch or to cheat or to to be mean. You have to teach him to do what's right. So when we're born again, you take God's nature inside of you. And Ephesians 2, 1 says this, and you hath he quickened. You were dead, but now you're made alive. You were dead in trespasses and sins, or you were spiritually dead to God. But when you're born again, God breathes life into your dead spirit and causes you to come alive to him. How many know that the Bible says that God breathed breath in Adam, and he became a living soul? That same thing happens again because Adam took death, and death passed upon all men. Now when we're born again, God does that again. When you get born again, it's like God puts his lips on your mouth and blows in your spirit, man, life again because you were dead, but now you're alive. And then your whole world changes. Your whole world becomes a different focus and and it becomes colored or in the light. And you, you that were dead in Adam, now you're made alive with Christ. Ezekiel 36, 26, I love this scripture. 
prophesied of Jesus. Ezekiel 36, 26 says this, and I will give you a new heart. And I will put a new spirit in you. I will take your stony, your stubborn, your sinful heart and give you a tender and responsive heart. I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and you'll be careful to obey my my regulations. Walking in the spirit requires a sitting uh, It requires a sitting and it requires a seeing before we can walk. Before you can walk, we have to learn to sit before the Lord. By sitting is where we practice abiding in Jesus. Look at John 15, 4 through 5. How many of you want to walk in the Spirit so you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh? It starts by sitting. Everybody say it starts by sitting. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself... Guys, we are that branch. We cannot bear fruit of itself. We cannot walk in the Spirit unless it, everybody say, abides. Unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Neither can you what? You can't produce good fruit. You can't produce it unless you're abiding in him. I am the vine, Jesus said. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do what? Can you walk in the spirit without Christ? Will you continue to to fulfill the lust of the flesh in your own efforts, in your own self-determinations and willpower? All those come short. We can't do it. Abiding is remaining in fellowship. It's connecting with Jesus so that all the life-giving, soul-thrilling, and joy-producing communion can flow to you like sap flows to a tree. Anybody out there say amen. Just like that life-giving source of that tree, that sap flows into the branch to where that fruit is produced, God's spiritual sap flows through you, the branch, and you will produce fruit. Listen to this. Abiding is all about union and communion with Jesus. Listen closely. Union with Christ Without communion with Christ is joyous Christianity, joy, joyless Christianity. It's an unknown person who said that. Union with Christ, in other words, just being united with Christ. I gave myself to the Lord one time. Without moving on to abiding and communing with Christ, it's joyless Christianity. David prayed in Psalm 63.1. He said, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh cries out for you. It faints for you. Can you say that? Can I say that? I I have a problem. You know, we're not supposed to boast of our love for God. We're supposed to boast of his love for us. We're supposed to boast that he loved us first. It's hard for me to say, I, I, I know Jesus said, the greatest of the commandments is to love the Lord your God with all your soul, with all your heart, with all your might, and all your strength. And we're like, Lord, I love you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, with all my mind. No, we don't. No, we don't. I, even on that, you can get into a works and a performance to where you focus the attention on, on, on what you're conjuring up or what you're performing. The fact is, is we don't love the Lord with all of our hearts. We don't love him with all of our minds. That would mean that your minds are on him all the time. 
We don't love him with all of our strength because our strength is so divided in many different divisions that God gets little of our strength and truthfulness. We don't love him. We, we, so, so be careful in boasting. In fact, self-righteous people tell you how much they love God. I tell you people how much God loved me. And getting a vision and a revelation of how much God loves me will help you to love him. Amen. But David had a thirsting for him. To abide is a verb. It is active. Abiding in Christ isn't a feeling or belief, but it's something that you do. You remain in him. You stay in him. You choose. Everybody say choose. You choose to stay in fellowship and belief with the Savior, and it's just not a one-time prayer. To bear fruit simply means that you're growing in character. Do you know that Christians are supposed to become godly? It's hard for me to say that because you get some wacko saying we're all little gods. Um, no, we're, we're supposed to become godly. We're supposed to emulate and supposed to be like God. The, the, our quest after we're born again is to begin to let his nature, come on, to let his nature permeate us to where we begin to walk godly before people. And the scripture says that when we begin to practice godliness and his, his nature and his character begins to flow through us, listen, the word says that people see our good works and what do they do? They turn to Christ and glorify him. And my question to us is, are we showing Christ? Are we representing and are we representing Christ? Are we representing the, 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 the virtue of patience, the virtue of mercy, the virtue of, 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 of uh, forgiveness, the virtue of, of, of self-control, the virtue of long-suffering and forbearance? Because it's, that's what's walking in the Spirit. So when we're not producing those fruits, people look at us and say, I don't want anything to do with God. You know, I was reading a quote from Gandhi this past week. And, and, and Gandhi actually said, if it, were not for the, if it were not for the Christians that I see, I could almost be persuaded of this Christ that I hear about and read about. Walking in the Spirit is allowing the Holy Spirit to be your sap. You can't do it. We can't do the fruit of the Spirit. But when we walk in His Spirit and we abide in Him and we are connected with Him, His sap begins to be life-giving, fruit-producing, character-producing to where people around us are like, whoa, that's God. I want to be like Him. Do people want to be like you or do they want to run from you? Learn His attributes, His virtues by abiding. Our character will reflect his image. People will know that you've been with Jesus. Romans eleven seventeen. you'll need to write that down because I added this this morning. As you were Gentiles, as you Gentiles, that's all of us. You were, this is Romans eleven seventeen. This is powerful. Think about this. And you Gentiles who were branches from a wild olive tree have been grafted in. You Gentiles, all of us before Christ, we were a wild olive. Somebody say that that doesn't even begin to explain what you were before Christ. How many wild people? Wild. We, you were wild. You were wild before Christ. You were a wild olive tree. But now you've been grafted in. So now you also, because you're grafted in, you receive the blessings that God promised Abraham and his children for the sharing and the rich nourishment from the root. 
When that brother stood up and talked about the the giving today, I, I was like, praise God. Do you know that when we become Christians, we are grafted into where you can read Genesis 15, 16, and 17, and you can see the blessing of Abraham, and you can say that same blessing is mine because I'm grafted in. Amen. So so you're sharing from the root of God's special. So so walking in the Spirit, we're grafted in, and that that Adamite or that human nature, we're cut off from that, and we're, graft, we're cut off from that wild nature and we're grafted in to a new, pure, olive nature, which is Christ's nature. That's sitting. By seeing, okay, first we have to learn to sit. Before we walk, we have to learn to sit. The next thing is by seeing. By seeing. Seeing with your eyes. By seeing, we are changed and transformed into the image of Christ. When we see Christ is when we're changed into that image or that reflection. It's been a long time since I felt a prophetic word like I did this morning. I, I, I felt removed from, and, and, and I was listening in and had no idea what was being said through me. But I heard that word today. I heard that word that, that was delivered. And, and it talked about how I'm walking right beside you, but you can't see me. I'm right here, but you can't see me. I'm right here, but you can't hear me. Um, Moses cried out, Lord, show me your glorious presence. The Lord said, I'll make all my goodness pass before you, and I will call out my name, Yahweh, before you. God's glory. Moses said this. To me, before we walk, we have to see. Before we walk, we have to sit. We have to abide. We have to connect. But before we can walk in the Spirit, we also have to see. Are you all with me? So if you want to walk in the Spirit, there needs to be something in you where you're like, Lord, show me your glory. There has to be, you just can't be lackadaisical about this. You can't be, I take a little bit of Christianity, a little bit on Sunday and maybe a little bit on Tuesday. How many want a lot of God and you want to stay connected? You want all of Him all the time. Amen? So, so with, with seeing, you're like, Lord, show me your glory. How many have that cry in your heart? I, I'm really curious that how many really, really, in a, in a congregation this size, how many really have that in your heart to you're like, God, I want to see you. God, I want to know you. Show me your glory. Because most people, that, they're numb to that. They're like, eh, what's he even talking about? Is it almost time to go? Uh, Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Listen, what Moses wanted to see, God said, my glory is my goodness. So let's add some more things. God's glory could be his goodness. God's glory could be his kindness. God's glory could be his justice. God's glory could be his mercy. God's glory could be his patience. If you're asking God, show me your glory. In other words, you're asking me, show me your attributes. Show me your person. I'll show you who I am. I'm good. I'll show you who I am. I'm patient. I'll show you who I am. I'm long-suffering. Now listen. It's when and then and only then. It's when you see the patient. Oh, this is good. It's when you see the patience of God that you are able to have patience and reflect patience. It's when you see the love of God. 
that you are able to love like God. It's only when you see and you get a revelation of the long-suffering of God that that is the only time that you will quit sitting in your seat and being so stinking critical of everybody. Because you know that God's not critical of you, and you know that that's Adamite, and you know that that's fleshly, and you're not going to walk like that. It's only when you see that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that you will begin to experience what it means to give your life away because most people know nothing about giving their life away. No, most people know nothing about being selfless. Our culture, our nature, We become Christians and we try to carry that same thing into Christianity. And I'm saying it doesn't work and we're fulfilling the lust of our flesh. But when we get hooked up to that life-giving sap, that joy-giving sap, that fruit-producing sap, when we get a vision and a revelation of his goodness, you'll start being good to other people. When you see how patient God is with you, is when you'll start being patient with others. I hate, I, I hate a critical spirit. It, it's here every week. It's here wherever people are. I, I, I can't stand criticalness. People that are critical are people that have not had a revelation of God's goodness and his forbearance and his long-suffering and his kindness to people. I'm telling you. You want to walk in the spirit? Do you really want to walk in the spirit? I, I'm on a quest. I'm on a quest in my life that I'm going to walk in the spirit. Daily. Well, Brian, if you're going to walk in the spirit, first you need to learn to sit. And you need to learn, learn to abide in me. And connect with me. And the second thing is you need to begin to get a revelation of me. Guys, we're going into a 10-week series this fall where we're going to go through the virtues of God. And as we see the virtues of God, our hearts are going to be opened up where we see him. Where we see him, and I believe it's going to change our church to where we'll start reflecting some of that virtue. I felt the Lord speak to me and said, Brian, tell people to quit focusing on their calling or their future, or what they are to be. Because, again, it's back on self. What am I to be? What am I to do? It gets, we, we humans put it on ourselves so quickly. I felt the Lord say, tell people to quit focusing on calling and focus on character. Focus on God's character. If we focus on God's character, he will, he will take care of your calling. So 2 Corinthians says this, but we with an unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. This is my favorite scripture on this. But we with an unveiled face. In other words, we're not hiding anything. You know, at a wedding, I'm I'm going to give my daughter away this time next week. Hallelujah. No, that's not hallelujah. Uh, But if my daughter has one of them veil things, I'm going to pick it up and throw it behind her head and I'm going to. Give her a big old fat kiss because she won't let me kiss her, but she can't. She has to let me with all those people watching. So I, I'm gonna, but I'm gonna unveil her face. When we get really serious with God, we come to Him 
with unveiled faces. He sees anyway. And James talks about how the word of God is a mirror. That you can take the word of God and you can pull off your veil. You can pull it off and you can look into the word. And you can see all the things that need to be transformed. And James says when you do that, when you look into the word or you look at Jesus or you see him. Are you the person that beholds what you see in the mirror? You see it but you don't do anything about it, or are you a person that sees it and you do something about it? Which one are you? Which one are you? When you see it, and that's where James said, he he encouraged him, he said, I want you guys to be doers of the word and not just hearers only. So with an unveiled face, we behold as in a mirror the glory of God. We're being transformed into that same image. Guys, if you don't hear anything else today, It's when, if you get like Moses and be, show me your glory. God said, I'll show you my glory. And his glory was his goodness. So what Moses saw was his goodness. And when Moses saw his goodness, it transformed him. Are you all with me today? When When we see these things, it transforms us into that same image from glory to glory. Look at this, from glory to glory, just as, look at this, by the Spirit of the Lord. I'm not going to share this story because I've done it a hundred times, but a quick snapshot. It was in in Wyoming when I was about 26 years old that God delivered me from a mean spirit and being an angry man and coming home from work frustrated and tired and taking it out on the kids and the wife. Where I came in being a jerk. I came in being, thinking that I've worked and nobody else has. Selfish, self-indulged um, and selfish to where I, I'll never forget when I went to bed that probably 10 out of 10 women If they got in bed with their husband after a night like that, they would turn their back on their husband and they'd say, you pathetic, you pathetic, pitiful jerk. My wife didn't turn my back on me. And she said, you wonderful, amazing husband and father to my children, who I thank God for every day. That changed me because my wife represented Represent means to represent. My wife represented the patience of the Lord, the long-suffering of the Lord, the love of God to where it broke a human nature in me to where I've never been the same since. Why? I saw his goodness. Guys, there's a lot of areas where, that we need to see him. There's this song. It took me forever to find it because it's not very famous. But it's Delirious, and it's called I Was Blind. You ought to listen to it. It's an amazing song. It's by Delirious, Martin Smith, and it's called I Was Blind. I wish I could sing it, but I better not try it. But he said, I love your ways. Man, I can hear his voice singing it. I love your ways. They are beautiful, so beautiful to me. You're such a mystery how you know me, yet you love me. 
And then, it, and then this beautiful swell of music goes, your kindness, it brings me to my knees. Your kindness, it leads me to say sorry indeed. And then he cries out, I was blind, but now I see. I was broken, but you carried me. I was lost, but now I'm fine. Lord, I'm so guilty, but you turned me around. I saw the goodness and the kindness and the patience and the love of my God through my wife and it stripped me from my blindness and it freed me if we want to walk in the spirit if you hunger to walk in the spirit you got to see Jesus man there's got to be a cry in your heart to begin with that you even want to see grace is unmerited undeserved unearned spiritual favor and spiritual blessings from the Lord. I want to say that again. If you ever wonder what grace is, grace is unmerited, undeserved, and unearned spiritual favor and blessing from the Lord. That's what it is, okay? When you see God's grace... When you see his goodness, when you see the grace, Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 12. Titus chapter 2, as the musicians are coming, verses 11 through 12 says this. For the grace of God that brings salvation. How many say grace brought you to be saved? I want to give you another scripture. Write this one down. Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Romans chapter 2, verse 4. What Romans 2, 4 is talking about, he's talking to a bunch of self-righteous people who usually are in the church. He talks about a bunch of self-righteous people. He talks about a bunch of self-righteous people. Seriously, they they hang out in the church. Self-righteous people, why would they hang out anywhere else? Self-righteous people are the people that, that look down on everybody that nobody's where you're at. Okay, that's a self-righteous person, all right? So, so, so they, were, they were being self-righteous, and Paul writes, hey, how can you be self-righteous when you're doing the very same things you're judging other people about? You're inexcusable. He said, how can you judge people? How can you judge people when you're doing the very same things? You're just blind. You can't see you're doing, doing the same things. And then he said this. He said, what Paul was saying, he said, it's not your judgment. It's not your criticalness. It's, it's not your preaching hellfire and brimstone to them. It's, it's not you doing that that's going to get people to turn to me. He said it's the forbearance and the long-suffering and the gentleness of the Lord that caused men, that caused people to come to repentance. It's the gentleness, it's the long-suffering, and it's the goodness of God that cause, causes people to repent. Repent means to change your mind and say, I want to live different. I want Jesus in my life. Are you all with me today? So with that, 
So with that, when it says, for the grace of God that brings salvation, when grace came to you, how many remember when grace came to you? Unmerited, undeserved, unearned, favor and spiritual blessing. How many remembers when grace comes to you? Go back to that place when grace came to you and brought you salvation. He said it's, it's appeared to everyone teaching us what is the topic of this sentence. You guys don't have that scripture, do you? Because I didn't put it up there. It's Titus 2, 11 and 12, New King James Version. But it says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us. What is the noun of that sentence? What's the noun of that sentence? Somebody say it. Grace. Say it louder. Grace. He's talking about grace. For it's the grace of God. That's the subject. The subject of that scripture is grace. It says, for the grace of God... That brings salvation has appeared unto all men. Look at this. Grace is a subject. So grace teaches us. Grace not only brought salvation to you. Grace now teaches us to deny ungodliness. Grace teaches you to deny ungodliness. Grace teaches us to deny worldly lust. And grace tells us that, man, you ought to live soberly. Righteous and godly in this present age. So you people that say, oh, here's that grace message. Or here's that kindness message. Or here's that message. That you just want to be critical on everybody. That is not the message that brings salvation to people. The message that brings salvation to people. The message some of you parents need to be bringing to your children may not be... Oh, I'm going to get in trouble for this. I know that you correct children. I know you correct and train children. I know that. But sometimes the message we need to bring is grace. Sometimes the message needs to be daddy was wrong. Mommy was wrong. Sometimes, but but the grace teaches us. And and so people that, that, that are like, oh, here we go on that grace again. We're going to have wild people and we're going to have people that, 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 that sin and do all these terrible things. Actually, it's the opposite. Let me tell you something. I was a bad sinner. And when I came to Christ, some things just changed automatically. Just boom. I was done with it. But I've spent 31 years allowing the Holy Spirit to sanctify me. And to teach me to walk godly and to rip things out of my, my heart and, 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 and stuff like that. Now I forgot what I was going to say. But it's the grace that, that, that teaches us. Grace teaches me to deny being ungodly. Oh, here's what it was. Here's what it was. I've been down, I've been down the, the, um, I've been down that road of will, been down that road of willpower, determination, running, promises, willpower, determination, promises, trying my very hardest. I've been down that road. I mean, throw in whatever word it is. But what teaches me 
to be godly. And what a motivator for me to live righteous and sober and do the right thing in life is when I see his love and I see his goodness. And we're going to go on with this next week, but we're going to find out that if we walk in the Spirit, we don't even need law. You all with me? If we walk in the Spirit, you don't even need rules. When you, if, if, if we just walk in, 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 in love or walk in the Spirit, we don't need any. But I, 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 this morning when I was pondering and thinking about this message, the thought hit me. And I don't, um, yeah, here it is. Do you know what, what will take your, that, do you know what will take you past willpower, determination, strength, desire, strength, or even fear? I've even got a healthy fear of the Lord where I was like, man, if you don't get right, you're going to hell. I, I mean, I've even been down that road. I'm going to hell. Look, my gosh. Are y'all with me today? None of those can produce righteousness. Self, strength, willpower, fear. But the, Jesus said, if you love me, if you love me, if you love me, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. Jesus said, if you love me, and you know what love is, if you love your neighbor as I've loved you, you don't even need any law. You don't even need any rules. Love me. Love me. I want to challenge you to do something. I don't think there's anybody that doesn't have some type of temptation. If you think you don't, then I need to meet you. Okay? I need to meet you, and I'll help you see. Okay? All right? But li listen, guys. Um, I challenge you to do this. I challenge you the next time you're faced where you want to be angry or you want to let your mouth fly off about something or you want to crawl in a hole of worry or guilt or condemnation. It, 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 I, next time you want to get in front of a computer, next time you want to allow your eyes or your, to see something or your ears to hear something or your mouth to say something that you know is not right, I challenge you to do this. I challenge you to pause. I challenge you to pause and say, the grace that brought salvation to me, that same grace teaches me to deny ungodliness. And right now, grace, help me to deny ungodliness. Grace in me teaches me I can deny ungodliness. I'm going to live righteous and soberly right here and right now. I want to I give you something to practice this week. The next time, do you do it, Pastor Brian? Every day, 50 times a day. Whenever I'm faced with something, I'll say, hey, grace teaches me to deny ungodliness. Grace teaches me to deny ungodliness. I want to be mean to somebody. Well, grace teaches me to deny ungodliness. And do what's right. Thank you, Lord. Every head bowed and eyes closed. Will you say, Grace, will you teach me this week? Will you, will somebody, will somebody 
join a heart with somebody else today and where we lift one voice that we would say in union and, and, and in unity as a church, could we say, Lord, I want to walk in the Spirit. I want to walk in the Spirit. I want to deny. I want to walk in the Spirit. I don't want to fulfill the lust of my flesh anymore. Come on. Can, can your heart long for that today? When my heart is cold, if your heart's cold where you can't even long for that, your first step is say, Lord, give me a, a, a heart of flesh. If you can't even do that, let's back up a step further and say, Lord, give me a heart of flesh. Give me a heart, a willing heart. Give me a hungry heart. Give me a responsive heart. Right now, say, Lord, take the heart of stone out of me. Take a stubborn heart out of me and replace it with a heart of flesh. Replace my heart with a responsive heart. Come on, somebody say, I want a responsive heart to the Lord. I want to walk in the Spirit. I want to walk in the Spirit. I don't want to fulfill the lust of my flesh anymore. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to do this. Say, Lord, I want to practice abiding this week. I don't want just union with Christ. I want communion. Some of you have been united with Christ through the prayer of salvation. But let's go from united to communion. Let's go from union to communion. Come on, somebody say, God, take me past that one-time relationship with God. And take me into a daily, a daily communion. Come on. I want to walk in the Spirit, but it starts with setting. Starts with setting. Come on, pray it where you're at. Pray it where you're at. Lord, I don't want just union. I want communion. Lord, let my spirit cry out for you. Let my soul, your soul is your mind and your thoughts, your intellect. Let my soul, let my mind rest on you this week. Thank you, Lord. Tell the Lord you want communion with him. Thank you, Lord. Next thing, I want everybody to say, I want to see you. I want you to be like Moses and say, I want to see your glory. Do I have a hungry heart that says, I want to see you, God? I want to see you, God. All right, if you can't say that, back up, rewind, and say, Lord, take the calluses off my eyes. Take the deafness out of my ears. When I get cold in the Lord, I may spend hours just saying, Lord, break my heart of stone and give me a heart of flesh. Open my ears so I can hear. Open my eyes so I can see. You may need to be there this morning. Open my eyes. Open my ears. Come on, say, Lord, I want to see you. Come on, let there be a hunger in your heart. Young people, cry out, Lord, I want to see you. Young people, teenagers, high schoolers, young adults, Cry out, I want to see you. You that have seen God in the past, say, I want to see you in the, in the now. Come on, us older people. Let's don't live in the past. Let's get in the now. I want to see you now. I want to see your glory. I want to see your glory. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand to our feet today. Say, open my eyes, Lord. I want to see your goodness. I want to see your goodness. I want to see your glory. I want to see your mercy so I can be merciful. I want to see your kindness. I want to see your love. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to walk in the Spirit. I want to walk in the Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Is there anyone in the house today, every head bowed, eyes closed, is there anyone in the house today that says that you need to give your heart to Jesus? That you're here today, you don't know Christ, or you knew Christ, and you're not currently walking with Him. Can I see your hand in the house today? I see your hand, I see your hand. Anybody else say, I, I, I need Christ today? There's two people that say, I need Christ today. Anybody else say, I need Christ today? Anybody else say, I need Christ today? That's an amazing percentage in a, in a congregation this size. That two people say, I need Christ today. Does anybody say that I knew Christ and I'm not currently walking with Him? Let me see your hand raised today. Let me see your hand raised today. Anybody else? I see that hand clear in the back. Anybody else? I've seen three hands. And you three hands, I'm going to ask you to come forward. So prepare yourself. It's, if, if you're a man or a woman, it's time to put our big boy man and women pants on. And we're going to take action today for God. Amen. To me, we need to be bold with our faith. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So here's what we're going to do. The three people, the three people that said, I want Christ or I need to redo that with Christ. I'm going to meet you over here right underneath this TV. And um, we're going to go back there, and I'm going to talk with you, and I'm going to pray with you. And I'm going to ask, um, I'm going to ask Chad and Rachel, are you doing anything after church here? I want you guys to join me over there and help me do that. I want the prayer team to come forward. If you have a prayer request or you need prayer about anything, there's going to be people up here to pray for you today on anything. They're going to come up. You'll know who they are. Amen. You're one of our prayer warriors. Praise God. Amen. This brother, he's ready to pray for somebody today. Hallelujah. Are you ready, Larry, to pray for somebody today? Amen. And, 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 and some of you may want to just come and sit in the front and just cry out, Lord, I want to walk in your spirit. Lord, I want to know you. One more thing of announcement before you leave. God has blessed Church on the Rock with food like crazy, physical food. Lots of food, food that you pay lots for. Don't think I'm, I, I, I don't need food, let others have it, because we've got an overabundance that gets thrown away. It gets thrown away, so it, you don't have to be poor to need. There's a, there's a generous portion that God's given this church. There's going to be some ladies by the elevator with some sacks. Take some food home with you. Those three people, I want to meet you over here. We're going to go in the back. We're going to pray. Altar team's up here, ready to pray for you. Father, Bless people as they come. It's been good to be in the house of the Lord today. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Those three people, come and meet me over here. For more information and to stay up to date with what's happening in the life of Church on the Rock, please visit us on the web at cotrag.org. Thanks again for tuning in.